The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft Tobacco. The after show, the after show, the, the after, after show. show. It's the after show. The show after the show. We just completed a show with Jim Price from CLE Cigars. In the audience with us was Edgar Dacamanji from JRE Cigars. And then we figured out, wow, these guys represent two brothers in the cigar industry. Two titans of the industry. The two titans of the industry. And here they are both together at the same time. So let's bring them on. We can talk about old days. We can talk about their, they both work for the Aroas. Um, what does that mean? Does there uh, can they talk shit about each other's company or as long as it's right to their face? I think it's fair. How about the <laughs> and how about the thought of like I always thought that as these companies grow, and I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. You got to imagine a merger happening someday that they are paying reps. In both areas, they're paying uh, all the expenses twice. Christian was handling um, his brother's stuff at the beginning of it. Then his brother went off on his own. Um, if it ever merges together... Jim's out of a job. One must go. <laughs> one, one must go. One must go at that point, right? We'll have to have an arm wrestle, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, how does that happen? What ends up happening and how fearful are you and why are you better than the other one? Um, I don't know. Some sort of shit here. We can, we can start some sort of trouble. I, I'd rather take number two. I'd rather... I never want to be number one. What does that mean? Because that... The eyes is on you. But you lose your job. So? Yeah. I'll find another brand. It wouldn't be the first brand you lost, right? <laughs> no. Well, because you have, you have an in-house guy in Jim. You work directly for yes. Christian and yeah. Tom. And then, Edgar, you are an independent broker, so you have many brands in your portfolio. Yes. And that's the major difference between the two. Correct. And, and most likely, they, they would go to the guy that's already getting the, the, the full amount. Oh, so you're firing Edgar. Edgar will be the one fired, unfortunately, yes. And again, it wasn't the first time because Edgar, how many companies did you work for? How many different companies you think? I, I lost count. Yeah? I really lost hundreds. count. Well, not hundreds. No, no, no it hundreds. won't be hundreds. But, Maybe thousands. No. But, <laughs> but here's how, and it, it's interesting that you, you're both, and you, you were never uh, working for a company. You've been an independent broker. Actually, I started that for Swisher Oh, that's right. That's right. Just yeah, for them. The premium side of it. Yep. Yeah. And uh, in 2000, I became independent, and here I am since then. 20 years later, independent for 20 years. Yes. Um, That's hard work. So I started, I started with them in, in, in 97 with Swisher International. Okay. And 2000, actually April of 2000, 
I became independent. Okay. Wow, 20 years. It was a Sunday. It was April 22nd. Actually, it was Saturday. It was a Saturday. Damn it. <laughs> it was. Missed it by one day. It was a Saturday. I went over, so I don't get the point. No, you don't. Actually, <laughs> when when that happened, it was it was a CAO event with Eileen Osgener present across the street with you. That's where it happened? That's when it happened. So you're working for Swisher. You went to the CAO event. And she said, I'm looking for uh, a broker, a, a rep. I said, well, I'm, I work with a company now, but if you give me CAO, I'll be the independent as of today. Wow. So that's no kidding. My God, that's how it happened. So then you contact after and you say, okay, I'm giving you my notice. Yeah. I'm, I'm going off on my own. So, Did they have the option to take you on as, as a So broker? they put me on as an independent. Okay. And um, three months later, the whole company went independent for everybody. No kidding. Yeah. Because they were, at that point, they, was losing, they were losing a lot of brands. Yeah. You know, they lost McBaron. They lost uh, Baring and La, La Primadora. Primadora. Yeah. So they, were, they yeah. were losing a lot of brands, so it didn't make sense. Yeah, they them didn't lose that. them. They sold them. No, they lost them for contracts. Oh, okay. Because, like, in, in the 70s, I mean, 1977, 1997, and 98, uh, they wrote contracts to produce X amount of cigars. For instance, bearing alone, it was 27 million cigars for the brand. Wow. So Placencia was making that Big, many numbers huge. when they were not being able to sell those brands, so they had to break the contract. Well, okay. that's how Placencia ended up with the brand. Placencia owns that brand now. Well, well, he owns it, and I believe JR Cigar. Is the only customer. Is the only customer. Okay. Boy, that was a powerhouse in its day, man. Holy oh. shit. 27 million cigars, so you understand that. It's close to 10% of all cigars sold at that time was had bearing on it. Bearing yeah. on it. And you said, wow, La Primadora, because we sold a ton of La Primadora. You did too? Yeah. yeah. So La Primadora, another La, big La Primadora was a brand that was more geared, like it was the only bundle brand back in the day. Yeah. And it was uh, sold in... Um, CVS and yeah. uh, Rite Aids and everybody else. So on the shelves you had, you know, five ten bundles of each size. Yeah, and thousands of locations. Thousands of locations. Yeah. Now, where you guys both rep brands that are they're similar. They both feature Corojo tobacco. Uh, they are in similar flavor profiles. You have something for everybody. You both do. Have you ever used the fact that one of you got into a shop first? And said, listen, you got the Brothers brand in there. If it's doing well, take mine. I didn't. I don't use that at all. I just you should start. It's brilliant. Yeah. Just thought of it right now. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for the heads up or a tip. But I don't use that. And I have the cigar do the talking. Absolutely. You saw you what know, happened. with That's how we took Aladino on in the first yeah. place was the, let the cigar talk. And, and both brands, exceptional cigars, you smoke the cigar and there's your, there's your end at that point. Mm. There's a lot of stores that I go to and they carry CLE, but they don't carry Aladino yet. And I just don't use it as, well, if you use that brand, you should buy mine as well because... 
to me, that's kind of out of a weakness, not a strength. I don't play off the names. The similarities in the cigars and in the way that if, he, if they say, wow, we kill it with Aladino, you should put CLE in. You have customers that are going to like that t- taste profile or the other way around, uh, in your case, would it is right. I mean, it's a natural thing. We, we carry both because we have a lot of customers for that taste profile right. of what it is. Uh, the one exception would be the Asylum, which is not like one yeah, like the other, but, yeah. but the other ones are, are like each other. Well, our Asylum, um, anything that comes from Honduras in the Asylum brand is Corojo Tobacco. So any uh, the Connecticut. And made by the dad. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Anything in Honduras is automatically is, is, made. Is Corojo wow. tobacco. <clears throat> so in the Asylum brand itself, if you have the Connecticut or the Medulla Oblongata Natural, that's manufactured in Honduras. Okay. Yep. And so it's two, two, obviously two countries. But. Yeah. And anything in Nicaragua is not made by Correct. my dad. Wow. Well, this whole time I just yeah. made the assumption, and obviously the false <laughs> assumption, that you have Asylum 6x80 in the Maduro and Asylum 6x80 in the Corojo. I just assume they were the same factory, and you slap a Corojo wrapper on it, and no, there's your Asylum 60. The Asylum Corojo is from Honduras. No kidding. Yep. And the Asylum itself, the Asylum 13, is actually not a Maduro. It's a dark Habano wrapper. It's often uh, misconstrued as a Maduro, but um, we don't we don't have a, an Asylum Maduro. Uh, the, we do actually in uh, another brand in, within Asylum called Nyctophilia, and that's a triple Maduro, and that's also manufactured in Honduras. But the irregular asylum line is. Is that making love to a dead person? It's a play on that, I think. (laughs) Nictophilia. Another stupid name. Necrophilia, not nictophilia. So nicotine. Nicotine. Nictophilia is making love to a strong cigar. Uh, Also known as the Lewinsky. The the Triple Maduro. That's the play off of Triple Maduro. Okay. It's a very bold cigar. Yeah, you call it an automaduro. Pam's the only one who. Well, she the Nicophilia is Maduro. Oh, okay. It, yeah, it's a, a triple Maduro, binder, filler, and wrapper. Okay. But within the Asylum, um, the regular Asylum 13, there's it's a dark Habano. And if if you care, Nicophilia <laughs> is an attraction to darkness or night. Mm-hmm. Oh. Fi- yep. Finding relaxation or comfort in the darkness. That's much better. Yeah. That's much better. Dark cigar. Yeah. Enter yeah. the Asylum. <laughs> yeah. So when... Y- Say you come in second, that they already carry JRE cigars, and you come in second, and you're looking to place your cigars there. Do you want to place them near his brother's cigar? Um, well, I find most, there's a fair amount of retailers that do group them together okay. for, for whatever reason. I'm much like Edgar. I let the cigar do the talking, so I don't come in and play off of one or the other. Like If you had Aladino, didn't have CLE or vice versa, I'd, I'd just... I'd, Pitch the cigars itself. So in, in our store, and, we have cases, and we have them in separate cases. I don't know why. It just happened to be or whatever it is. They are near each other. Because they won't all fit in yeah. one case. Well, in, in um, Seabrook, they're in the same case. Oh, really? really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was there the other day. That's so interesting. So some retail, you know, I've seen them grouped together, and and then there's stores that I won't have either one of them. On, yeah. Now, you guys both do something different when it comes to handling the staff and and you both do a great job and this is something that all reps should do when you come in you come in or at least you pretend to come in and have conversations with the staff and you're educating the staff about your cigars and you offer the, the staff a cigar 
Edgar, you always say, take a pick out of my portfolio, pick what you like, smoke what you like. And Jim, best move, is, it's a dick move, but it's the best move. <laughs> He's never once offered me a cigar we carry, not one time ever. I don't want one that, that, I, we, that I carry. I don't want yeah, one. But I have, I have a whole You're a different story because you, you are a buyer, and, and to a certain extent, I, I play a role there. But as far as the staff goes, it's interesting to have the, those two philosophies because as far as they're concerned, Edgar's giving them a free cigar. They don't have to pay for that cigar. Edgar's and- doing more than that. So I'm going to tell you why Edgar is a, it's a smart move. What Edgar does. And a smart move what Jim does because you end up liking the cigar and then I have one of you guys coming up and say, I'm smoking this. Why don't we carry this? It's fantastic. That's the idea of what to happen, right? I'm not an idiot. I know no. exactly what's going on. <laughs> Edgar, on the other hand, we have the cigar on hand. Here's the guys on the sales floor smoking the cigar. And you know what they do when the cigar's on the hand? They sell that. Or the customer comes in and says, what are you smoking? Oh, I'm smoking this. How do you like it? I love it. Okay. It's a guaranteed sale. It's a layup. It's, I just find it interesting, the two different philosophies going on there. Very good. Well, it's, it's like some of the brands that I have, not necessarily you guys carry. Okay, I want you to be exposed to that as well. So if even if you, but maybe the buyer more importantly than even even your on floor guys. Yeah, because if they don't smoke it, me as a consumer walking in and saying I like that brand, if you as seller never is never smoked it. Absolutely, we have to smoke it. Right. You have to smoke it. Yeah. So, so this way you could offset or sell them or suggest something similar to that in what you carry. If you didn't so if you haven't smoked it, haven't been exposed to it, how do you know it's gonna, what it's going to taste like? Absolutely. If you didn't see that first and foremost on hand when you sat with us in the Nashua store and gave us that first Aladino I ever smoked... Wow. I mean, it was the worst possible time we could ever buy cigars. We were loaded. We had no room for anything. It was a bad timing, but he happened to be in the area. So we come by here, just smoke a cigar. And I couldn't say no, because I wanted the next one. I wanted to buy more because I wanted them right there and then. I said, okay, we're definitely doing it. But it was like bad timing or something. But across the board, man, they're, they're killing it. They're, they're killing it. They're, it's, um, they make awesome. They always made awesome cigars. Yep. Back in the Camacho days, Smoked they made a lot awesome of them cigars. Yeah. Did both of you guys go back in the Camacho day to the Camacho, Camacho farm and, and see that? Neither of no. these did. No. Well, I was not allowed because I it was a competition. It's a competition. So, but Jim could have gone because he was as a consumer or as a retailer yeah. could go, could have gone. Uh, me, I was not allowed, but I've known what they produce. I mean, I, mean, I remember the first cigar they came out with it, the original Camacho, yeah. when they introduced in 1999. It was yeah. awesome. Uh, and then they, there was originally box press, and then came out with round cigars. Yeah. And then the 1118. Yeah. The diploma. Well, well the, the diploma, and then the, the 1118 yeah, afterwards. Right. Yeah. yeah. Does it piss you guys off that so many people throw around the term Corojo? When really they mean it's well, a sun-grown wrapper because there's there's authentic Corojo and then there's all the other stuff that calls itself Corojo that doesn't have that flavor. Well, it's 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 the Corojo. The authentic Corojo is what the Aroa grow. Correct. Okay. Grew in Cuba in Corojo from El Corojo, Corojo region. Yeah. Mm, yes. So, 
every Corojo that is on the market now is the hybridized version of the Corojo. So what they did in, you know, because the Corojo itself is very finicky to grow, very finicky to grow, and the yield on it is not that great. The whole plant of Corojo, it only grows to about five and a half feet tall. Mm. So it doesn't, the yield on it is not that much. So they hybridized it and they originally, originally they hybridized it in 1998, Corojo 98. Yeah. It's used in blending, Corojo 99 and Corojo 2000. So the most successful is the Corojo 99. So everybody uses Corojo 99. And that was hybridized with Habano wrapper. So it took on the characteristic of the Habano. The plant grows to be about eight feet tall. The yield is good on it. That's what they use. Not, but it doesn't, it doesn't have that shorter plant concentrated flavor that you get from authentic Corojo. Right. It does. It has some of the properties, but it, it's, not, it's a shadow at best. It's a shadow at best. But it, it, what, what it did, it brought the color which is the darker of a Habano onto the Corojo. And it gave you that white pepper, which is prominent in Habano. Sure. So it's spicier than the authentic Corojo. Yeah, the authentic Corojo has that cinnamony kind of sweetness to it. Right. Have you guys been to the factories now? Yes, I have. I have not. You have not. It's for luck of the draw, the last three trips to go uh, were canceled. Well, actually, the last opportunity I had was last fall. But I was already had a vacation plan, so I didn't want to be out of the field for two weeks. Yeah. Now I had visited before tobacco plantations and and uh, factories, but that was the first one that I slept there, and I spent four days there, and I did it three different times, and you you get to see the real deal of what oh, yeah. happens there, and it's magic. I mean, it is unbelievable. Um, the processes of whatever and that to, I, I was in the business for a long time before that day ended up happening but it made me love cigars so much more by going through it that changes your outlook and then they started bringing people down over and over and over and and what happened is they created a unbelievable fan base from there and it, the company built so large they sold the company and stuff but here they go again and the, the magic that's happening here is um, both Christian's dad and Christian are going to do it again for sure and now bring in um, the brother in and here becomes the, the next thing because they're both winners. You know, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you, the popularity is unreal. Well, on Julio is, I, I call him the mad scientist to begin with. So Julio is... Tobacco now, man. Tobacco man. Yeah. yeah. You know, he... Um, I mean, he does not even want to travel anywhere. Mm. I mean... Stay on the farm. Yeah, he's a farmer. Yeah. I mean, Husto was that boy too. Yeah. So he didn't want to travel this and that and the other, but now it's different. He has to have the name, I mean, the man behind uh, the brand. Yeah, yeah. And I know, and I think it's important too. I mean, you've traveled with him; it's a big deal when, when he comes up. You, you've been with Christian when he ends oh, yeah. up coming up; and it's a big deal. When he comes. Yeah. It's part of it's part of the thing. It's and I I think they they're both people person to be honest with it that they like people and all this stuff. But being away takes away from their cigar. If they mm. were able to to deal with the with the cigar end of it, that's what they want to do. That's what well, I see. One happening. thing they don't have to worry about whether Christian or um, uh, Husto, 
is that they don't have to worry about the quality of the cigar. Yeah. Because yeah, the father's taking, the father care, of that. Is taking yeah. care of that. So you don't have to go spot check the factories. Or you don't have to spot check the cigars when they came in. And that was come Pad- in. That was Padron with, with Jose Padron before he passed away. That the, the brothers could go around and take care of U.S. business, business while the father was the eyes right. and ears of what end, ended up happening. So, so I mean, uh, Nick per, uh, Perdomo just he has to be that guy. Always goes to the factory. Right. Obviously, he has the right hand man down in the factory all the time. Yeah. But imagine if you have a brand that it's um, produced by somebody else, and you're not always there checking on it. So what are you going to do? Spot checking the boxes yeah. when they come. To How many t- we we saw over the years, oh, both yeah. of us, right? Of a cigar that's great and ain't so great anymore. Yeah. Well, there's no, nobody there yeah, checking. You, yep. you, you go at the show and you smoke a cigar. You buy it because it tastes great. Yeah, and the end product when it comes to put it on the shelf, it's totally different right. product. What happened to it? So many times. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the factories are amazing down there. Um, the quality level of what they do yeah. um, is yeah. is over the top. Yeah, um, and even more so now that the the COVID came around, um, the, their factories were already way ahead of that, anyways, as far as cleanliness is concerned. Yeah, well, so it's a big it's a big deal. You know, um, the the factory where um, where the compound is. Yes, they have their own doctor. Yeah, so all the workers are really checked by right. the doctor on, on oh, premise. They've always been on the cleanliness, oh, big yeah. bear, uh, you know, certified. and yeah. It's the only bear certified um, factory. factory. Yeah, yeah. So, Even the farm to that extent. Yeah, right? it's pretty amazing. Like yeah. when, you, when you're driving the truck into the farm, they're washing the tires. You go through a maze of... Um, disinfectant, like uh, a fogger, you as a person. Wow. And then when you walk in the farm, you're going from the barn to the nurseries, for instance. You have to step into... Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. You have to step on those things. Onto yeah. those things. It's disinfectant. So you're not bringing the contaminants from the... Right. Right there. Yeah. And when you go to the airport... The big mistake is when they say, have you been to a farm? And the answer is no. No. Yeah. Yeah. Or else it's no. maybe Jonathan wants to go because that's when a strip search happens. Oh, a little cavity mm-hmm. action? Cavity action. I'm in. Yes. <laughs> the I'm cavity in. search begins. I'll start with that. So uh, they are not just growing Corojo there. They're growing shade. They're growing Cameroon. They're growing Habano. They grow everything. Even San Andreas now. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. San Andreas on, on, on the Maduro? Is grown by them, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, because so, because they're involved in in all vertical. So vertical, they wanna, yeah, they, they do it all. They don't have to buy the tobacco. They won't have to. That's unbelievable. Nor yeah. do they sell the tobacco either. No, none of the tobacco leaves the farm to any so other. So that's company. why one of yeah. the main reason when you know uh, when the the other guys stopped using the tobacco in their cigars, yeah, when they revamped it. All of a sudden, they stopped buying the tobacco. And the cigar changed. Well, cigars, of course, changed. They revamped it. They didn't use, use anything proprietary to the blend to begin with. I find that so weird that you pay all that kind of money for a brand, and then you change 
Oh, the only thing you didn't change is the name. They actually even changed the packaging. They they spent all that kind of money. They changed the, the blend of the cigar, the tobacco within it, and the packaging. Well, it was like launching a new a new product. Yeah. Well, I know. Few and they other, had success with it too. But yeah, I know a few other things why they did that, why they had to do that. But I'm not. I'm not putting it on the air. On the air? To, no. We'll have a couple of drinks, and I'll report back <laughs> next week. I'll give you the, what, what he wouldn't say on the show. All right. Afterwards. Yeah. It's the after-after show. It's it the after-after show. <laughs> we'll give it. Next week, we're going to be talking about Padron Saturday. We're going to talk about Padron, the regular series, the anniversary, 1964, and the 1926. And we're going to smoke them side by side by side. And we're going to see how different are they all. Because uh, some say it's actually the same blend within, within all three. I hear lots of things. I've never done it before. So we're going to do them. We're going to report to you next Saturday on the Cigar Authority. Stick the lead end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.